Hello and welcome to Claret and Blue and our Inside Bodymore show ahead of Spurs this Sunday. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm your host for this afternoon, joined by John Townley to look ahead to uh, what is a pretty important game, it feels like, in the in the race for Champions League, I guess you want to call it. Uh, before we get stuck into the show though, John, how are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks Dan. It's nice to be back, back in amongst it and Villa back on a weekend as well. Mm. As you say, really um, intriguing game, interesting game. And as we'll go on to also a game that I think Villa can... Um, win actually so yeah we look forward to uh sunday first time as well for myself to be at the um new tottenham stadium and apparently it's like a i don't know like an airport so <laughs> that'll be that'll be an experience in itself i don't know whether that's supposed to be a compliment compliment or not, it's <laughs> it's like true, true. a lot of people don't like airports um exactly. but you know what i mean it's like when you walk through duty free and everything's really shiny and okay right, right. It, it's more that side of the airport rather than the kind of the security section i suppose <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, this is good for us to record a podcast as well. Obviously, there's things that have come out this week, but we pre-recorded them during the international break last week. So we've not actually spoken about Villa for what feels like a long time, even though it's only I don't know ten days or two weeks or whatever. But it's nice to be back talking about club football, um, and that's where we're going to get started with our. our um, our preview show as always we start with the presser overall generally uh, and your thoughts on uh, having seen and spoken to an Emery this afternoon the thing I really want to ask you about though is just like what's it like to be back like I'm sick to death of international football so just to be back involved in club football dealing with an Emery being back at Bodymore uh, it must be a nice feeling for you yeah it's a very hectic day um a press conference day probably doesn't feel like it but um or that it should be, but it, there's loads of things to do. So right now I'm very tired. Um, I said to you earlier that I'm going to have my lunch after this and it's nearly seven o'clock. So <laughs> yeah, less complaining from me, but um, yeah, nice to be back. Nice to be amongst it. As I said, Emery took a few days off um, mm. during the international break and he said that he's like fully recharged, he's recharged his batteries, that sort of thing. And same for the players, he needs a break sometimes. Um, Villa have obviously had a very busy free months of the campaign the first three months but then they've got I think it's 10 games in 35 days if my maths was correct earlier so that's going to be probably the busiest period of the campaign and I think Emery probably took those days off and kind of took stock of where Villa are at the moment because of what's about to come which is obviously a lot of matches and not a whole lot of preparation for those games either and Mm. to be fair Emery has always said that he likes to have the games and he'd rather have um you know, European football, etc. Uh, but this is, you know, Villa only played two games um, of European football until the new year, which is, I guess, is quite a lot considering we've only got about a month left. But there's going to be a lot of Premier League games as well, midweek games because of the festive uh, festive period. So, yeah, he looked very um, energised. He was very bubbly today, quite energetic. Uh, and his answers gave, you know, some nice lines as well in the written section that's embargoed for tonight and uh, over the weekend. So, yeah, nice to be back. And I think Emery was pleased to get back amongst it as well. I'm, I'm sure he would have missed, um, you know, coaching the players and whatnot. And he would have been glad to have seen them come back, mostly unscathed uh, from the international break as well. I thought then for a second you were going to say that he missed you. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was going to say Mr. Jonas, but then I thought, no, it's just probably not true. It's full steam ahead, isn't it, from now till, till Christmas and to the new year. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what Uno Emery and his team have been cooking up over this international break. Um, we'll talk about injuries in a second, but for this uh, whole conversation is based about two informed teams. I guess Spurs have probably overperformed a little bit this season. I don't think anyone would have had them as high as they are at the beginning of the season after losing Kane and having a new manager. I think we probably all expected them to be better than they were last season, but be around sixth or seventh rather than up around in the top four and, and top until 
you know, uh, fairly recently. There's a lot of talk about like the high line versus the high line and how this game's going to be absolute chaos. Is that how you think it will play out? Because I'm not quite sure it will. No, I don't think so because Emery never wants chaos in games. Um, he always wants control. control. Isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and if I think if that means Villa don't have sixty percent of the ball, then I think he'd take that because I think he wants some sort of, you know, control can mean different things. It can mean in possession and also controlling the game um, from a defensive point of view, as we saw last year when Villa went to Tottenham. I don't remember. I mean, it was obviously a long time ago, but I remember after the match not remembering um, many chances that Tottenham had in that game, and it was just Villa scored two good goals and they won two 0 and it was very like. You know, we hadn't seen that performance from a Villa team yeah. against a traditional top six side um, away from home for I don't know, you know, how long ago that would have been. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not expecting that chaos that I think many people are because Emery won't want it. I think Ange would probably take it because he doesn't deviate from his principles, and that I think will probably um, play into Villa's hands again. Winning the game and getting something out of the game is a completely different thing. There's no doubt about it. Villa have a better chance of winning the game when. Tottenham are playing high line without Van der Ven, without Romero. Um, potentially in midfield, they won't have Basum and they might not have Matar Sar, Pafe Sar, Pafe Matar Sar. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure how to say it. A player that Villa were interested in a couple of year, a few years ago now. So that's an interesting dynamic. How they've lost a lot of players. Will they play the same way? Probably. So let's see how Villa do it. And Emery's obviously had a long time to prepare for this match. So um, it will be very interesting to see how they um, line up. I have no insight into exactly what they will do. And I don't think anyone will, apart from the Villa players. Tottenham might not play the same way, given their injuries as well. It might not be this this chaotic affair. And I certainly think Villa will be a little bit more kind of cautious in their approach to, to not go there and get involved in, it, in a bit of a scrap and concede early and, and kind of throw the game away. I think it's about being a bit more solid and, and having a good foundation rather than going out there to, to kill them off. Although we have seen, obviously, that Villa score early. They tend to go on and win the game. So that, that is important. But yeah, we need to get clear sheets as well at some point. Exactly. That, and that's what I was about to say. That that's the, the Emery's desperate for clean sheets now. He knows that his team are capable of scoring goals. And he doesn't want to take that, obviously, away from um, his side at the moment. Villa have scored, I think it's like 47 goals in 19 games in all competitions, which is... <laughs> quite insane really yeah. but they've only kept I think two clean sheets in the Premier League this season um, they've been denied that third clean sheet a few times against Luton and then against Fulham mm-hmm. um, you know, sloppy goals that they've been given away but Villa do need to keep more clean sheets than what they are and yes this is um, you know the goals they're scoring I do think it probably is sustainable because they've got the quality especially at home um, to you know kill teams as we've seen at the start of the campaign but yeah they do need to be more defensive um, defensively secure Emery According to John McGinn, anyway, Emery screamed at the Villa players in the dressing room at halftime and in the win over Fulham last time out because he wanted that clean sheet. He was screaming clean sheet at them. And <laughs> obviously, if they did go and concede later in the match, um, so yeah, going to Tottenham, I think that'll be the, the number one thing Emery will want from his team. Control, if they can, and that with that, sorry, comes a clean sheet, hopefully. Uh, although Tottenham do have, obviously, lots of quality themselves in the final third. You mentioned uh, Big Ange earlier. We've actually got a clip from his press conference uh, yesterday as this video comes out speaking about Villa so I'll drop that in here they've been good since um, you know I got there you know he's um, they've been really consistent um, with the way they play their football and uh, particularly you know over recent weeks they're scoring goals and and you know Phil you know obviously got a great deal of belief so it's going to be a great test for us but um, you know we're, we're, we're at home you know apart from sort of the Chelsea game the result there our home form's been really strong and we just got to make sure we get back to that and and as you said everyone's got you know, we don't have two injuries. We've got a few more than that. So, um, but we, we, like I said, every club will go through it, and we've 
and for me, you know, it, it does allow me to really kind of look at every aspect of our squad, you know, and, you know, you, you kind of try and do that by design, but sometimes it's just, you know, that's the, the, the sort of um, our existence at the moment where guys will get an opportunity to play and it's great for me to see how they, like, how they cope eh, with playing our football, how they cope with the stress of, you know, playing against good opposition. So um, it's a little bit good test for us, but, um, you know, it's, it's one uh, we have to be up for. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And seems to be everyone's favourite second manager in the Premier League at the moment, for whatever reason. I'm not really into that kind of stuff, but everyone likes him, which is fine. Uh, yeah. Just quickly, how do you assess the kind of job he's done? I said at the start, I feel like the Spurs are probably overperforming over a little bit, but he's done a great job so far. Yeah, excellent job. I think he's won all of the Manager of the Months, if I'm not mistaken. He won so, three, yeah, so, oh yeah, that must be all of them. He's doing very well. At the start of the season, I didn't know whether to put Spurs, as you said, Dan, in around 8th or 7th, or in you know, high position because of the European football. And my only question about Ange would be that how is he, you know, tactically in big games, for example. Um, I, I knew that he was a good man manager and that uh, he was a very warm character and stuff like that. He'd have no problem on that side. But then it was the other part of, you know, how can you set your team up to finish in the top four? You Guardiola's, um, Arteta, all those managers, Klopp, there's so many good managers in this league. And I just thought, well, coming down from Celtic, does he have what it takes? Because he hasn't proven that yet. Yes, he's won a lot wherever he's been, but the Premier League is a step up and you're playing against the best teams in the world, the best managers in the world. Um, so fair play at the moment. They've done well. But again, those principles that he's put in, I think only time will tell, basically, um, on whether that is something that will work in, in the long term. Is it something that opposition managers will be able to kind of, I don't know, nullify? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We'll we'll see in time, but it's definitely made a very good start. Let's get into the injury update then. A few concerns over the international break about McGinn having a, have a knock. Emi Martinez coming back, uh, feeling a little bit of something as well. Just give me a bit of a rundown on where Villa are from a, a medical point of view. And where's Jacob Ramsey? Back. Yes, yeah, so we'll start with uh, Ramsey then. Yeah, he could be in the squad to play against okay, nice. um, Tottenham. Obviously, he's nowhere near fully fit. He's, hmm. I don't even know if he'll make the squad. Hopefully, he does. Um, but he's only just returned to group training uh, earlier this week. Similarly to Alex Moreno, will he take a few weeks maybe just to get back into it? We might not even see him play for a long time. Um, but Villa, as I say, I've got a lot of games coming up in a short period. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how he's managed. I'll start from the back, I suppose. So, Emi Martinez comes back from, uh, has come back from international duty with a bit of a small injury, a bit of a uh, small pain. Um, it wasn't from, oh, sorry, I don't know if he was fighting with police. I'm sure he wasn't, but it was, I, there was obviously some disturbing scenes from like police brutality, really, against the Argentina supporters. And he was climbing over to try and stop it and stuff. But that wasn't related to the injury. Um, just a small pain. And I don't think he trained on Friday. They're going to test him again on Saturday. But Emery's pretty hopeful that he'll be able to play against Tottenham. Tottenham if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, I'm not mistaken. I think he missed the Tottenham game last year away from home. Yeah. Was it Robin Olsen that played in goal? I think he is. Yeah. So again, you know, Tottenham didn't make many chances from that game. And if they did, they'd probably have a half decent chance of winning it because Martinez is so important for Villa. 
moving up the field, there's quite a lot of injuries to get through. So uh, Leon Bailey and Zaniolo, they both trained alone on Friday. But again, Villa will be training on Saturday. So hopefully they should be involved as well. Again, Emery's hopeful on those two. Bertrand Traore is out. He's injured. He'll have a uh, a bit of a spell on the sidelines. He picked up an injury in international duty, came back injured. And that isn't a new story, really, is it? I think that's everyone, unless I've missed someone out. There was quite a few to get through. Oh, and of course, McGinn, yeah, he uh, trained today. Emery asked him, are you okay to, you know, how do you feel? And he said, I'm fine. So, yeah, hopefully there's no uh, niggles that go on up until mm. Sunday. He'll be uh, fit to play. Hopefully that's an actual I'm fine rather than yes I've got problems but I'm desperate to play so yes Gaffer I'm fine I'm don't, sure he, don't, don't yeah, put me on the bench yeah no I'm sure he would have um, said you know to miss out training because to be fair the knocky hard I don't know if you were watching the game Dan and I don't know why I was watching Scotland he got the injury and I was preparing to write my breaking story about how he was injured um, and then he started jogging off the pitch so immediately <laughs> I thought oh all is fine in the world but yes yeah, still he kind of opened up his knee a little bit so want uh, mm. to monitor but he, yeah seems fine. While we're on injuries, let's do um, Spurs very quickly. Obviously, well talked about their missing players. I've got a list in front of me from a, a Twitter account called The Spurs Watch, who put unavailable for Tottenham versus Villa as it stands. This was posted on Friday afternoon. Mickey van der Ven injured, James Madison injured, Richarlison injured, Mana Solomon injured, Ivan Perisic injured, Ryan Sessegnon injured, Ashley Phillips injured. Pape Matej Sarr, minor injury to be assessed. Uh, Christian Romero suspended. Yves Basuma suspended. Uh, and I've said six out of the 11 starters from their last win are now injured or suspended. So there's going to be changes for Spurs. They're going to have to bring different players in. Eric Dyer is likely going to be playing in the back in the back line. Again, whether that means Spurs can play the same way they do, we'll, we'll see on Sunday. But there's targets there, isn't there, for Villa to exploit. And I think if Villa are fully fit and firing, this Spurs side can be got at. I think that's the main takeaway. It's a good time to play them. Yeah, precisely that. It's um, Villa are incredibly lucky, really, that this game, you know, falls for them. Again, you know, whenever I've been writing pieces like this, I've always said Villa have also had their injury mm-hmm. um, yeah. issues to contend with, which is absolutely true with Mings and uh, Buendia and then Ramsey and Moreno, which are four very important players. Um, but Villa have had time to cope with them up until now, whereas Tottenham's, you know, quite a few of those um, injuries like Perisic, Solomon, Session, I don't know if they've played this season, those guys. No. Yeah, the Van der Ven, James Madison ones, they are crucial two of Tottenham's three or four most important players potentially I don't know um, and then Romero and Basuma I have absolutely no um, sympathy about because they're suspensions and that's their fault so yeah. you know <laughs> there's no um, yeah they kind of any issue with that but yeah Madison and Van der Ven are both injuries that come at a good time for Villa I suppose and as I say if and just deploys the same tactics that he usually does and I expect him to then Villa have a very good chance of at least scoring you know, once, maybe twice. So, mm, yeah, yeah, it should be an, entertain- an entertaining game for neutrals, but I hope it isn't. I hope it's just a game Villa can score once or twice. And as I say, similar to last season, and they can um, remain in control when possible and get out with three points. Yeah, totally agree. Let's go away from match day then the part of the show where we get to talk about something that isn't Spurs Villa related. But I'm keeping with an injury theme. It's a lovely little flow to this show at the moment. Uh, I was talking about Tyron Mings and his social media update this week. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday off the top of my head. Uh, he posted a picture of himself looking very somber in black and white. Thanks for all the support so far. I'll share an update later. And social media and everywhere went into a bit of a meltdown of thoughts of, is this a retirement announcement? Like, is the injury too much for him? I actually want to say very quickly, I tweeted about it once he revealed that, you know, he's been working on his rehab and whatnot and he's not retiring. He, he, I think he said something like, you won't get rid of me that that quickly or something in his follow-up uh, update post. Yeah. And I 
shared it and said something like, I can't believe people are concerned about retirement. This guy isn't a quitter. And I just meant that in terms of like, he's a fighter and he'll kind of fight this injury as best he can. And he's been here before he's, he'll get through it. And a couple of people replied to me and said, look, yes, he's, he's not a quitter. People aren't suggesting he is, but this injury could have been forced upon him that he had to retire because this injury can do that to people. He's at that age where he could be advised by doctors not to. So I deleted my tweets. I thought it probably was in bad taste to suggest that other players who have had to retire through injury are quitters when that's okay. not how I meant it. But great to see Tyra Mings back and almost a, just a shout out to, to medical science in a strange way that like that tweet you posted afterwards was like 101 days ago I think it was he, he was injured or 110 or something like that and now he's up like so much progress has been made in 100 days which is nothing really that the amount that the body can go through with uh, like the top level help from for medic for medical professionals is, is pretty unbelievable the fact that he's back and like doing the best he can to get back to full fitness is really encouraging to see and i'm just hopeful that we, we see him back on that pitch you know sooner rather than later and there's no setbacks and it'd be a pretty special moment when it when when tyrone takes to the pitch again yeah absolutely both him and Buendir. Buendir, as you say, I don't know if you says completely correct. Buendir as well made, has made really good uh, progress. He's been around Bodymore a lot recently as well, you know, in the gym doing his work. So, yeah, but on Tyrone, you're right. I think, you know, him not saying much for, what was it, about three months, I think, mm-hmm. knowing, you know, what he had to go through uh, mentally. He's obviously spoken about it himself when he first had a, a crucial ligament injury um, when he was at Bournemouth, wasn't it? Yeah. I think a lot of the fans wanted to just hear kind of an update of how he's doing because, you know, you can't help but think to yourself, well, I hope he's doing okay himself, you know, just as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see that he was, um, he looked kind of, I don't know how to say it, full of life, I suppose, in his video. He was very kind of upbeat, which is great to see. And yeah, you're right. Hopefully at the end of the season, we'll see them before the close of play, I suppose. Emery mentioned them in the press conference today as well. It's important to, you know, kind of continue to remember that they are still part of the squad, even though they they might not feature again this season. And I think that kind of, you know, taps into the small family that he's um, mm. trying to create at Villa or that he has created at Villa, to be fair. Um, he mentioned that when he put the kind of um, names on, I don't know if it was a team sheet or something like that, for the Tottenham game and he forgot to put Mings and Buendir or write their names on the board or whatever it may be. Um, but then he said before he finished it, he added them again because he said, you know, he doesn't want them to feel like they're not a part of it. They might miss this season, but the next season, they're going to be a very valuable member of the, member of the squad and they need the information still that Emery is going to mm. be giving to his players. Um, Cause it, it seems like month after month, he adds kind of complexities of, um, you know, different tactics, stuff like that. So again, in that way, Mings and Wendy still need to be, you know, um, learning as much as Pau Torres is mm-hmm. or as much as Leon Bailey is in terms of those positions that Mings mm-hmm. and Wendy are playing. So yeah, that was a nice memory to kind of shout them out again. And yeah, hopefully over the next weeks and months, we can see more um, more updates on how their recovery is going. Yeah, I can only imagine what it must be like as a player to miss all these kind of tactical briefings from from you know, yeah. You remember when I thought you remember it's probably only like a couple of years ago for you. You remember when you had like a day off school and you came back and felt like you, you don't know what's going on because you've yeah, learned yeah. something new and everyone's left behind. I can imagine missing like a month of Uno Emery, like I'll be thinking, what the hell do I do now? Like I want to be in there making sure I don't don't miss up uh, catch up on yeah. my homework. The opposition preview is back. One of my favourite sections of doing these shows. A little bit shorter than usual because I was in a little bit of a rush this morning to record it. I caught up with football.london's Rob Guest, who is half of the Golden Guest podcast. He'd just come back from speaking to Ange Postacoglu. So he's at Spurs' training ground in this clip. And there's a bit of background noise. So it's not the best kind of clip in the world, but it's only five or six minutes. 
Right, Rob, I've got five questions for you about Spurs Villa this weekend. First one, what have you made of the job that Ange Postacoglu's done at Spurs so far? He's done a really, really good job, uh, to be fair. Obviously, fourth in the Premier League table, two points off Man City. Uh, the top, he's got them playing his way. Uh, Tottenham fans have been desperate for the players, the teams who are playing this attack-minded easy on the eye football and uh, they have been doing it so far this season and they've got some really good results along the way uh, it's just prior to the last international break they've had two defeats in the space of a week what's uh, not been the greatest but when you look at the season as a whole it's been really good and I mean if you'd have offered fourth place to Tottenham fans two points off the top after 12 games if you said that to fans you know, the week before the opener at Brentford, did they snatch your hand off? So I think it's been a lot of positives uh, so far, and I think there's plenty more to come under Ange Postacoglu at Tottenham. Yeah, both sides have done very well this season. We did a combined 11 earlier in the week, which was obviously biased towards Villa. We had a split of seven Villa and four Spurs. Um, but I think if you look across both sides, there's, there's good players in both teams now. And I do think towards the end of the season that both teams will be up around that top five mark, to be honest. Yeah, very much so. I don't know who would do, who would point in the combined 11. Like you said, really good players. And I mean, even how to split the goalkeepers. Because Vicario's come in and made such an impact. But then you look at the impact Emi Martinez has had at Aston Villa the past year as well, winning... The World Cup, uh, both teams are flying at the moment. I was really impressed with Villa towards the back end of last season. And there was like one moment, probably around April time, thinking, hang on, they could actually push for the Champions League here. So they were going great guns. And Unamra has done a fantastic job, brought in some really good players this summer, uh, taking them up another level. And I mean, they're deservedly in the top five at the moment. And at the start of the season, we were asked to do our predictions at football.london. I put Villa in top four and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished there come the end of the year. Yeah, in the summer, I actually said Villa for the Champions League, thinking top four, but if uh, fifth gets it, I'll absolutely take that. Um, just looking at Spurs, what is your biggest strength? Like, what should we be worried about as Villa fans from, from your side of things? Just the style of football. Uh, what Postacoglu has implemented mm. is just you no know, attack-minded. As soon as they get the ball, they want to get forward with it. The players link up extremely well in attack. And when you've got players like, you know, Sondin, Kulisewski, Brennan Johnson in the front three, uh, they're going to cause trouble uh, for Aston Villa. And the thing is as well, there's some good midfield players there as well. Rodrigo Bentica, who was previously linked with Aston Villa uh, before he went to Tottenham. He's just coming back to fitness now. Pat Matasar's had a really, really good season. So there's a good group of players there. Destiny Doggy as well has been playing at uh, left back. He's come in and made an instant impact. Uh, so there's a number of good players there. As I think Unai Emery have been keeping a close eye on how Spurs have been playing. Just have been playing some excellent football this season. And that's what Villa are going to have to watch out for. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk in this game about like the high line versus the high line and how it's going to be total chaos. And I'm not sure it, it will play out like that, although it would be entertaining if it did. Um, flip side of my previous question, what are you worried about from Villa's side of things? Just the quality players they've got, in a, especially in attack. Uh, given Tottenham, it's got to be a bit of a makeshift defence. Uh, Pedro Porro will be starting at right back as usual, Destiny Doggy left back, but... Christian Romero suspended, Mickey van der Ven, uh, he's out injured until the new year and those two have built up a really good partnership. Uh, 
playing the football. Postacoglu wants the good on the ball. They'll get it forward straight away. And uh, they're both huge misses. And coming up against Ollie Watkins, Moussa Diaby as well, have been really, really impressed with. They're going to give, you know, Eric Dyer, Ben Davies co uh, a really, really good game. And uh, Villa have been scoring for fun, haven't they? Especially in the home games as well. So, you know, there's going to be chances there for Villa. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you're back at Holly Watkins to be taking them. We're certainly better at home than we are away from home. But obviously, Emery's had a couple of weeks to hopefully cook up a plan for this Spurs game. If it is that chaotic game that people are talking about, though, I'm very much looking forward to that because it would be exciting. I said at the start it was going to be five questions, but I thought of another one, so I'll give you a bonus question before I get on to my original fifth. It's a bleeding obvious question, but the players you've mentioned, Van der Ven, etc., those missing this weekend, how big of a blow is that? It won't be easy, will it, to play without those guys? Oh, no. Uh, I mean, the absence was felt in the previous game at Wolves Spurs. Just went at the best or playing the style of football they have been in previous weeks. Uh, Christian Romero and Mickey Van der Ven, like I said, have been Huge, huge misses, but James Madison as well, just in that midfield three, playing as the attack-minded midfielder, knitting up midfield and attack. He's had a huge influence in the final third this season. Uh, so, yeah, Madison's out until early next year, so Ange Postecoglou needs to find a solution to that, whether that's got to be Giovanni Lo Celso or Rodrigo Bentoncourt, uh, the need to find a solution. So, yeah, some big players missing, but... Tottenham do have a number of good players still in the team. And the final question is one that's very simple to ask, but probably not so simple to answer. What is your score prediction for Sunday? I'll go for a draw. 2-2. Uh, There's going to be goals in this game. Uh, I think I don't know whether Tottenham will have enough in them to get the three points. They've been playing really well at home this season, apart from that blip against Chelsea. Uh, just I suppose it depends how uh, they're doing attack because they really struggle against Wolves going forward so I'll go 2-2 two, two. Lovely stuff mate I'll save my prediction for, for later in the show but thank you very much for joining me uh, I really appreciate it Cheers pal No problem mate Now on to predicted 11 for us it always feels like it's pretty much as you were for Villa but John can you just run me through how you think Unai Emery will line up for this game on Sunday Yeah I think he's got a few um, dilemmas to be fair I was thinking maybe will he bring Carlos back into the defence like Mm -hmm. he did for the Liverpool away game away against Wolves as well and Burnley I've basically just gone and changed I think I was thinking you know Tielemans, Zaniolo, Bailey I'm not sure but I think Tielemans probably warrants another um, start and again I think it probably helps with you know controlling the match um, Mm. as much as Villa can do on Sunday so yeah I think I'll just go and change I know that's very boring but it's probably easy for you when you make your graphics so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. I'll drop that in here of the unchanged lineup. So Bailey trained alone yesterday. Is there any scope for like a Bailey DRB Watkins front three and play them high and have that pace against a possible high line from Spurs? Yeah, I mean possibly, but I think Villa can probably, you know, do it different ways. You've you've got Luca Dini practically plays as a left winger, Matty Cash can play as, as a right winger. So yes, you're probably taking away some pace in behind by playing Tielemans instead of Zaniola or especially Bailey. But I don't think Leon Bailey wants to be known as the substitute player that can make an impact. Um, but that's how I look at him now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for well, 65 minutes, Bailey coming on against tired legs against a high line, that's your, that's your way to score goals. And I'm not too sure if Tottenham you know play high line when they're winning or whatever, because to me that's a bit reckless. I don't know. I'm not sure what they've done in previous matches. But if again, if that is the case, then you've got 90 minutes there of possibilities. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would probably just go and change. Although... 
I'm with you. I think Bailey can definitely make an impact in the match. We'll do score predictions then. Rob went for a 2-2 uh, for reference for you, John. Obviously, people watching will have seen that, yeah. but you haven't. He's on 2-2. He thinks both teams will score and there'll be goals in it. What are you going with? Do we actually catch up with what we did last time very quickly? The last time out against Fulham, we obviously beat them 3-1 at Villa Park. I went with a 2-1 win and you went with a 2-0. So one point for both of us. So that leaves us with 14 points for me for the season so far and 10 for you. So I'm still in the lead just about. Um, you can obviously make ground up on me this week if you get the prediction right for Spurs. So what are you going for? I am going between a 2-all and a 2-1 Villa. Um, oh, I'll go 2-1 Villa. Would you take a draw? Would you be happy with that? Oh, I, I don't know if I would, you know. I don't think I would just because I know that Villa can win this game. And yes, mm. we've away from home we haven't been great this season and that does need to change. But listen, you've got to get these you've got to get points against teams around you. Going away to a Tottenham side who are without their <laughs> best players apart from Son. Yeah. That's it's a huge opportunity. Um yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for us to kind of reverse that away form. I'm I am looking towards that Bournemouth game and I'm thinking that's going to be Oh, this is going to sound not offensive to Tottenham, but I feel like that will be as difficult in a weird way for different reasons. Tottenham mm. will be playing Villa at home, thinking that they can win that match as much as we do. But I think it can definitely work out for either way. Whereas Bournemouth, you know, they're they're the underdogs on that. Villa will go there. It's a tight pitch. You know, the whole narrative of that they beat Newcastle the other week. I'm, I feel like both those games are very difficult. Put it this way: I'd take one win out of those games. I'd take four points out of the next two games basically but either one you know it's uh, mad isn't it how like you can say I'll take four points out of the next two games and we go oh, that's alright but if we beat Spurs and only drew to Bournemouth we'd look at that as bad that's it that's it that's it if we, if we beat Spurs then you get a Bournemouth thinking right <laughs> we've got to win now again Yeah. Um, but yeah you I think four points is a good total out of those two games. But yeah, you're right. Villa going into every game apart from maybe Man City and Arsenal away thinking that they can definitely win it. So yeah, I'll go to on Villa. Okay. I'm not in the territory of saying must win after 12 games, but I do feel like if Villa were to be serious about their top four ambitions, you don't want to go to Spurs in the condition that they're in and lose. I think that looks bad. Yeah. Obviously, it looks bad, but Villa are uh, uh, nowhere near as good a side away from home as they are at home. So to have a, another statistic of, oh, it's Liverpool, Newcastle, Spurs, Forest, like it's another one to the list where Villa don't win away from home or lose away from home just kind of adds to that narrative. So I'd like to avoid that if possible. I'm not going to be sensible and pick the draw. I've only picked, predicted Villa to draw one game all season. I've predicted us to win all of the other 11, which is, is obviously mad. I'm going to say 3-1 as a slight differential to you. I think Watkins and Diaby could have a field day if Spurs play the way we think they might with a higher line with lesser yeah. players. Um, yeah. So three, one, I'll go for. Yeah. And just on that as well, I think the other thing is that again, any team that finishes around top four, top five, they go to Tottenham in this state thinking that they can win and going mm. to win. Whereas Villa don't want to have that mentality of going there and, you know, can we, can we get a point out of this? They'll be going yeah. there to win. And Emery said that again in his presser today, he said that we need to be focused on the game plan and winning, which isn't something that I've heard him say too often. He's, you know, he's usually quite relaxed about it, but he, kind of made it clear that Villa are going to go there to get three points and that is the mentality of a top five team especially against the Tottenham side who are very much depleted mm, yeah absolutely and that'll do us for this episode of Inside Bodymore John thank you so much for sharing your time this afternoon obviously this video is coming out Saturday morning so enjoy the weekend until Villa play tomorrow afternoon thank you very much for watching we'll see you on Sunday or Monday depending on what I do for my birthday uh, thanks for watching we'll see you soon